So 2023, as I said, so thankful for these moments at the end of the year as we cross over this threshold into 2024. And the verse that God put on my heart um, is out of Isaiah 43. It's a, it's a verse that is probably familiar to many of you. Um, if you've read through the Bible, if you've been around church for long, it's just a, a really special verse out of Isaiah. It's 43, 18 through 21. It says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, for I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. For I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And we understand that God isn't functioning based on our calendars. He's not like, oh, the, the, the calendar is turning and we're gonna, this is my chance to give you a fresh and new word. Like he's doing good things every day, all the time. But for us on our side of it, we do look at this end of the year and the beginning of a new year as an opportunity for us to just say, God, even though you are operating at a different rhythm and maybe not as keyed in on the, on the dates that matter to us. When our hearts are open, he is more than willing to move. And so as a new year dawns, it makes sense that we would look to him for fresh direction or fresh vision or a fresh word for our lives or for our church or for our families for 2024. And so we have this verse in Isaiah 43, and in another time and place in history, the people of Israel, when this verse, when this verse was written, when Isaiah prophesied this, the people of Israel had been scattered, and they were um, all over the place, but they still had this, these remnants and these pockets, and so Isaiah was prophesying, because God had promised to rescue them for his honor and for his glory. And, and so as they waited in these places where they had been put into exile, they waited for a word from the Lord, or hopefully they waited from, for a word from the Lord. And he spoke to them through the prophet Isaiah, that verse in Isaiah 43. And so it was challenging them. God was challenging them not to remember the former things or to consider the things of old, which in their case would have been a litany of places where they pursued other gods. They worshiped false idols. Their hearts were not devoted to God over generations and generations and generations. If you read the Old Testament, you see the faithfulness and the patience of God to continually send prophets to his people to say, don't turn from me. Don't worship idols. Don't do these things. And time and time again, the story goes, they would do what was right in their own eyes. And so after a season of time, as they were, sent into exile, there is this story that trails them that Isaiah had laid out for them of their failures. The reason why they were trapped where they were was because of their failures. But God was saying to them, it's time to stop remembering those former things. His word for them was that a new thing was awaiting them. And he asked them though, he said, do you not perceive it? If they were stuck in the former things, if they were stuck thinking about their failures and the shame and the mistakes, it would have been easy for them not to see or perceive the new thing that God was doing. 
Or maybe they couldn't perceive it because it was not where they expected it. Where did they expect the new thing? In Jerusalem, at the heart of their culture, doing these things. But where was it actually taking place? In the wilderness, in the desert, in the dry and difficult places. And so for us, we can read this passage in the context of Israel and understand what God was saying to Israel, but we can also understand through it his nature and his faithfulness so that we can also pull on that promise and on that reality for our life, for his church, for his people. We know from this passage his heart and his nature toward us. When he's doing a new thing, he is calling us not to fixate on the past. He's doing a new thing. He is inviting you not to fixate on your past. He is calling you to look forward into what is ahead instead of holding into what was failed or broken or didn't work in 2023 or further back from that. When I am fixated on my past, it can blind me to seeing his hand at work in my life. It can, it can hold me from being able to see his hand at work ahead of my life. If I dwell in the past, my failures, my shames, my pain becomes the story that is repeated into my future. And of course, there's a balance point to this that I noted here to make sure to mention this. Our faith is not about constantly moving forward. It is about moving with God. And to do that, we must hold on to his faithfulness, but release the past when it tells us a different story of shame and pain and failure and projects that onto what is to come. And the balance point is that while we're letting go of the past, we also want to be people who have gratitude and can appreciate the things that God has done. And I know when it comes to 2024, when it comes to a new year, you, we could be like, we're going to do, you know what we're going to do for Sunday morning this morning? We're going to do a goal setting session. You're going to love it. We're going to set all these goals for you. We're going to learn. We're going to talk about how to work super hard and get all these things done. We can be so much about forward, forward, forward. What is coming? What is coming? What is this fresh word that God has for us? But I don't want us to do that if we lose the gratitude. And that place of saying we can't be so constantly set on moving forward. We have to be constantly set on just being with him and holding that forward. So we are invited not to fixate on the past from Isaiah 48. And we're invited to perceive what God is doing. And as I said, not by looking back and not by looking forward, but by looking where? To the dry and difficult and sometimes forgotten places in our hearts and in our lives and in our marriages and in our families and in our history. It has often been true of my life that it is the desert place, it is the wilderness place, it is the painful place that I do not want to go to. It is the forgotten place where he is planting new seeds of hope. And it's easy for me to avoid those places, but as we see in Isaiah 48, that is where the rain was promised to come. That is where the rivers were cutting a new path. And so for anyone in this room who needs hope today, I offer you this as just an encouragement. The presence of pain in your life does not mean the absence of God. The presence of quiet from God does not mean the absence of God. 
the presence of undone circumstances or difficulty or wilderness places in your life does not mean the absence of God. Nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture, in the story of God's pursuit throughout history, there is not one single place in Scripture where his presence equates to perfect people or perfect circumstances or perfect outcomes. God is at work bringing hope, sowing hope in every area of your life. When he is silent, he is at work. When circumstances aren't perfect and it is difficult or even devastating and painful, he is at work. Even when I am in pain, he is at work. And you may be saying to me, Ryan, but I am in this wilderness place and I am sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting for the streams in the desert and the rivers to run with water. What is going on? As you wait, I would also encourage you this. Remember who you're waiting on. You're not waiting on a circumstance to change. You're waiting on God. His love is unfailing. His timing is perfect. And his waiting always comes with a promise that he will deliver. Psalm 100 verse 5, we know this, but that we would hold it in our heart as we move into 2024. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Another thing I would ask you to remember as you wait, remembering that it's God that you're waiting on, and also remember this, God might be waiting on you. I'm not trying to be a jerk today. It just happens sometimes naturally. But there are times in my own life when I've been like, God, I'm waiting for you. I need to move out of this season. I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for this to change. I'm ready for this to happen. I'm ready for this. I'm ready, ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And I am trying to bypass a word of conviction, a opportunity for confession, an opportunity to look at maybe a sin in my life or maybe a place where, I, where he has given me an opportunity to mature in my life that I have been like, nah, I just want to move to the next season. And I look at those times in my life where I'm thankful that God held me in a season that I was ready to leave until I was formed in his image in the place that he was wanting to form me. And so my challenge to us if we're waiting is just one, to remember that we're waiting on God and that he is faithful. But two, there is a possibility that there could be some things that God has said to you or taught you, or asked you to do, or places to mature and grow in your faith, or things that he's asked you to let go of in this current season that would not earn you into the next season, but would enable you to be formed in a way that allows you to step into the next season. As you wait, do not dismiss the possibility that God might be putting his finger on your heart or on your mind or on a part of your life that says for you to go into the next season, you cannot bring this with you, whatever this might be. I won't fill in your blanks. You can do that well without shame, please. The other thing I would remind you as you're waiting is this, God never wastes you're waiting. God does a great work in your waiting. And as we wait, we learn dependence, right? We learn patience. We learn prayerfulness. We learn faithfulness. We, we learn humility. We learn to say, as Jesus said to his father, not your will, but mine be done. 
And the last thing I would say about waiting is that we all face this same temptation in waiting and is this, to go ahead of God. That we would say, God, I have a plan. And I don't like your plan, I like my plan. And I don't wanna wait for your plan, I want to jump to some form of what I believe you have for me, but it is a cheap copy and I wanna just take that and go and run and be ahead of you. We all have this temptation to play God to rush his plan, to fast forward his timing. We are tempted to be our own God and we are tempted to take matters into our own hands and I would encourage you to release that control that you desire, that makes you feel safe, that makes you feel like you can bring about an outcome. I ask you to release it, to let it go and to trust God as you wait. We are all, I believe, every single one of us waiting for something. And so as you do, I honor you, I pray for you, and I invite you to wait with hope and to wait with gratitude. And the way that we can do that is to settle into this moment that we have right now as 2023 ends with some of this truth. Before we get excited about the streams in the desert and perceiving the new things that he's doing, let's acknowledge the year that we've been through. And to you, I would say, to all of you, I would say you have done hard things this year. You have faced hard things this year. And all of it matters. Again, sometimes we get so in a hurry to go like, what's next? That we in fact diminish some of the incredible and difficult and life-changing things that we have walked through. Even if they are small, they matter. And so I say to you, you have been through hard things. You have overcome hard things and all of it matters. And the reason that I'm saying that to you is because I do not want you to leave this room with any pressure to finish strong in 2023. I don't want you to leave this room feeling like you have to grab 2024 by the horns <laughs> and set, I, I mean, I was watching a dude on the internet, on social media, as a matter of fact. Dude was like, I've got every day of my next year mapped out. All I gotta do is follow the plan for the next 365 days and I win the year. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me right now? Anyway, I don't want any of us to feel the pressure to finish strong in 2023. I don't want you to feel pressure in 2024 to grab the life by the horns and change the world and do all of the things and make all of the monies. This year wasn't a race. This is not a finish line. Your life is not a performance. You're not competing against anyone around you. And that means that today is also not a starting line for a new race as we get ready to go into 2024. Like, yeah, you finished 2023. Hurry, 2024 is starting. Get to the starting gates. We gotta go. Go, okay, I'm doing it. This is awesome. You're not competing. This isn't a race. Today is not a finish line. You don't have to finish the year strong. You don't have to start the year at top speed. Just receive that. It's okay. You're like, this is how people end up doing nothing with their lives. They listen to stuff like this. 
It works, you guys. I, I, like I promise you, I'm a highly driven person. If you get to know me, I'm doing a lot of things. We do not have to strive. We don't have to strive. It works. Let's see where we were. As I said earlier, when we were looking into Isaiah 43, we can get so keyed on the future or what we want that we fail to honor God and we fail to be grateful for what God has done, especially as we look back at 2023. And I love my kids, but I saw this at Christmas time. Um, Mercy, my youngest daughter, you guys probably saw this at Christmas time, right? We can fail to be excited uh, about what we have when we are looking over to something more. And, and Mercy had asked for a ukulele for, um, for Christmas. And um, she did great. She did great at Christmas, by the way. She's awesome. She's eight years old and she gets everything she wants. I don't know why there's a problem with that. Um, <laughs> But you could watch as she was opening all of her presents. There was two or three. And um, she was opening all of her presents, and she kept wanting, there was a temptation to get pulled to, this is awesome, but, but where is the ukulele? Like, this is great. Oh, thank you. This is, and you've ever, like, watched your kids open presents from somebody, and that they give it to them, and your heart just sinks? Because they're like, oh, cool, this is awesome. There's no money in there. Okay, who else has something for me? Let's go. And you're like, oh, no. But we get so keyed on what is coming, maybe the bigger thing, or we get so keyed on what we don't have that it begins to steal the joy of what we do have. And I'm not using Mercy as an example because she really did do awesome, and she did get her ukulele, and she played with it three times, and now she's done. Um, <laughs> I think, but we're all tempted to be like that, where we're opening things from God, we're experiencing things from God, where God is doing things in our life, and we keep being like, yeah, but where's my ukulele? What is your ukulele? I don't know what yours is, but we can be so anticipating, but God, I wanted that particular thing, this particular way, at this particular time, that I am losing an opportunity to be grateful for what I have right now and what you're doing right here and who is around me in my life. Where's my ukulele? Where is it, God? Where is my promise? Where is this thing that I'm believing you for? And it can be fine to hold on to hope in what God is doing, not if it begins to pull us out of the present moment of gratitude for all that God is doing and accomplishing in and around and through our lives, even if it's small. Our usual comparisons that we all are guilty of is that we compare ourselves to others, right? We all do. But I don't think that's the most dangerous comparison. I really believe that the most, and this is as I've worked with folks for years and years, and I think the most dangerous comparison that we have is what is to what we thought would be. We all compare ourselves to others, but I believe the most dangerous comparison that we allow into our life is what is compared to what we thought would be. When God is at work, but we fail to see it because we're fixated on what he didn't do or what didn't happen, instead of being grateful, we allow our circumstances to become criticisms of God's nature, of his power, of his intention, of his love, and of his wisdom. We cannot function in gratitude when we are also functioning in a way that is criticizing towards God. And I believe that ingratitude has to be, for me, and I hope for all of us, the most powerful way that we can walk into 2024 
as we awake tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. to do our prayer and Bible time. <laughs> I tease. But I do believe that, that the, Lord, the word the Lord has put on my heart is that we would walk into 2024 with gratitude, that we would reject disappointment, that we would reject comparison, not just ourselves to others, but truly comparing my current life to maybe what I imagined my life would be, my current marriage, my current financial situation, my current life to what I imagined it would be. Because God is doing something great and powerful and beautiful in your life. This is why I believe that Philippians 4.4, as Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It is a battlefield verse. And what I mean by that is it is one that is extremely difficult. Feels like a battle for us to be able to say, I will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice in whatever is coming through my day. But God is saying to us, I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? I would say, God, I don't perceive it. Why not? Because I'm busy comparing what is to what I hoped would be. I'm busy comparing my life to someone else's. I'm busy measuring myself against where I thought I should be today. I am not perceiving the thing that you are doing because I am not allowing gratitude to take hold in my heart. I'm not perceiving the thing that you're doing because I find it difficult to rejoice in all things that where I find myself. And listen, I shouldn't say all things, I should say all places because often things we do not have to rejoice in but we do have to find a way to say but I am standing here as these things are taking place and I will rejoice in you in the midst of these things. You don't have to rejoice in the things but you can rejoice in the one who is with you in the midst of those things. Rejoice in the Lord always. God is doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? And if I cannot rejoice, if I cannot have gratitude, if I cannot settle that comparison, then it's going to be very difficult for me and very difficult for you to perceive the new things that God is wanting to do through your life. And so as we walk into 2024, I want you to imagine with me just for a moment that we, uh, or I want you to imagine with me the Israelites going all the way back to the wilderness and they were standing on the edge of this land that God had promised them and he had brought them out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt. He had given them a leader, Moses, to lead them out. He had gone ahead of them. He had provided for them. He brought them to the promised land. And as they came to the edge of the promised land, Moses sent 12 for representatives of each of the 12 tribes, he sent a spy into the promised land. So many of you know this story, have heard this story. If you haven't, you can read it in Numbers 13. And so they came to this place where, imagine with me, and they're, they're sending spies into this promised land and, and, and the spies go into the promised land and they are like, there's enemies in there. There's cities in there. It's, there's all kinds of great stuff, but there's no way there's absolutely no way we can ever capture it. And so 10 of the spies came back with this negative report. And two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they came back and they saw those circumstances as an opportunity for God to move. Whereas this other spies saw those circumstances as really just an excuse not to move into what God had for them. And so they began to tell the story, this negative story about how God wasn't going to come through for them. There's no way that we were going to be able to take the promised land. 
And so instead of, though, imagining yourself as an Israelite, now imagine that we are standing on the threshold of 2024. And we are sending spies into 2024. And people are coming back and they're beginning to give us the report of what 2024 holds. And they're like, there is no way we're going to make it out of this one. (laughs) They're like, I saw an election. (laughs) I saw division. I saw things going on in schools. I saw things going on around the world. I saw this. I saw this. I saw this. They would come back with truth in a way. It would be like there are extremely difficult things ahead for us in 2024. But we're either going to believe the negative report and we're going to live without a perception of what God is doing. We're going to live without gratitude. We're going to live in comparison and we're going to say, oh, I'm not going, I'm going to shut this down and I'm just going to go into survival mode for 2024. I don't want anything to do with that. Or we're going to be like Joshua and Caleb and he would say, yes, there are enemies. Yes, there are things. Yes, there are battles on the horizon. But if God has promised to be with us, we will overcome whatever is ahead. How are we going to look at 2024 and how are we going to step into it? Do we perceive what God is doing? The problem with looking forward is that sometimes we have really bad spies. We listen to voices. Honestly, we listen to voices that sound just enough like Jesus or just enough like religion or just enough like our particular political persuasion and we begin to get keys from them about how we are to respond, live, move throughout the year. We get keys from them about how the year is going to unfold and what is going to happen. We have bad spies when we are listening to people who do not also, like Joshua and Caleb, carry Jesus's heart that would say, but God is with us. He will lead us through these things. Not that we would end the year beaten and bruised and broken, but that we would end the year having carried Jesus in and through all of those things that we would face. There are enemies there. And the world's voices speak doom and upcoming difficulty becomes an excuse for us to avoid moving forward. They weren't listening to the spies, or they actually, sorry, the Israelites did listen to the spies. They listened to the 10 who said we shouldn't go forward, and for 40 years they didn't go forward. They ended up wandering in the wilderness because they listened to people who would have rather stayed slaves in Egypt than have been freed in the wilderness. They listened to people who would have rather worshipped idols at the base of the mountain rather than gone up to see God face to face. They listened to people who would have rather stayed in that desert than enter into the promised land. We have to be careful who we're listening to when they're bringing back a report of what 2024 holds for us. Don't believe the false report. The spies who are disconnected from faith in God's power and his goodness, the folks who bring us false reports, we bless them, we honor them, we pray for them, and we listen to them for wisdom, but we do not allow them to dictate and determine our response or our future or our perception of what God is doing. I am doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Can you see it? Are we ready to move forward? Not as a race, but as a step into the promises that God has for us and for 2024 so that what? We can get everything that we want? Absolutely not. So that Jesus can be made known and Jesus can be glorified and Jesus can be seen in and through our lives, our church, our families, our marriages. Leaving the past behind. Letting go of shame. Letting go of guilt. Letting go of condemnation. 
can we perceive what God is doing? Are you ready to join him in 2024? And if the answer is no, please, it's okay. In fact, I would hope that some of you are like, you know what, Ryan? I'm really not ready to step into 2024. Like, it sounds good. Let's go. Let's go take on all those battles. Let's go shout at those cities and watch the walls fall down. Let's go. Oh, I can't wait for another election season. It's going to be great. Let's go. I hope that honestly that in you, you're like, dude, I am not ready yet to step into 2024. So I have good news and bad news. Bad news is we can't stop 2024. It's going to happen. Good news is you're okay. Ease yourself into it. It's going to be all right. Check this out. 2024 can survive a few days without you. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, uh, he said this, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Do you have what you need to step into 2024? What Jesus said to his disciples was, don't start until you have what you need. In a sense, it's okay to make a hard decision to say, Jesus, I want to follow you, but I'm not quite ready because I don't want to start and end up halfway through the building process and run out. I don't want to follow you halfway. And so Jesus was saying, when you're ready, I am here. When you're ready, I am here. Don't follow me halfway, follow me all the way. And he gave us, in a sense, he gave us this permission to say, I don't know if I'm fully ready for 2024 this morning. That's okay. He is the one who is both calling you on the journey, but also equipping you for the journey. And if you need to wait a few days with him to say, God, I need some grace. I need some mercy. I need some love poured out upon me. I need some rest. I need to connect with you. I don't care about this dude with the microphone saying, rah, 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 let's go get 2024. I just need to sit with you for a few days. That's counting the cost. Too often we preach counting the cost as if it's some sort of thing where you got to figure it out and you got to make the choice. Counting the cost is saying, no, Jesus, I need to sit with you. I need to sit with you and be with you and be known by you and be filled by you before I move into all the things that you have ahead of me. Why? Because he's the one who will renew your strength. He is the one who is what you need for your journey. He is the one who will lead you to him, even if it isn't forward or backward. Maybe it's sideways. As long as you're walking with him, that is the point of us following him in 2024. Why? Because, listen, you're not in a race. You're not in a race. He has things for us. He is doing new things in your life. Can you perceive it? How to perceive it? This morning, honestly, I believe it just comes back to the place of gratitude. So I'm going to have the worship team come up and join us. I believe it comes to this place of gratitude. If there's any way that I would ask you to walk into 2024, it's not at a dead sprint. It's not with your 47 goals written down. And, and please, 
I don't have a bunch of time up here, but I'm going to keep rambling on because it's my last message of the year and I feel like I have some extra minutes I get to use up. <laughs> I love goals. I love working hard. I love accomplishing things. I love setting things ahead that, that challenge me. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm like, I'm, honestly, I'm all for those things. But not if it depletes us of the greater thing and we're beginning to exchange our goals and our pace and, our, and all of that stuff for really intimacy with Jesus, of walking with him, of being able to perceive the new things that he's doing, of being able to walk and carry gratitude forward into this year. So here's what I would love for us to do. As I said, instead of running 100 miles an hour with our hair on fire into 2024, count the cost. Take a check of your mind and your heart and your body today with the Lord and just invite Holy Spirit to say, show me if there's some places in me that are depleted. I don't wanna start on a new journey if I'm not gonna be able to make it very far because I'm starting on empty. So if I want to, and if I can, and if you're inviting me to, I just wanna sit with you in these places that you're showing me are depleted until they're filled up. And then, and only then if you're moving, I'll go with you. You're okay. Jesus said, don't start if you can't finish. And the beauty of that is that we have the one who is the source of all that we need. And so this morning as we come to take communion, we can come exchanging our weariness, our emptiness, Maybe even not exchanging it. Maybe we're just admitting it. And we're, we're giving it to him and we're allowing him to begin the process of filling us up. We're allowing him to begin the process of filling us with gratitude as we look back into 2023. And he's, we're allowing him the process to remove the stories of guilt and shame that want to keep us from being able to see the new things that he's doing for us. Streams in the desert. Rivers in the wilderness. So we're going to sing this song, Gratitude. Communion table is open to you. We have about 10 minutes left before the kids will be done. So we invite you to keep this room as a sacred space for us to worship, to respond, to pray, to have communion. If you need to move out of this place, if you want to talk, you're more than welcome to. Please move into the lobby so that this place can remain sacred and and quiet for us to be able to pray and worship and take communion. Communion table is open. Let's come and receive and let's worship together as we look to 2024.